Welcome to the Stunt Show, everybody. Good afternoon. My name is Mayor Furtick. You're listening to the Stunt Show on the Nachum Siegel Network every Thursday at 2 on uh, on NachumSiegel.com. The Stunt Show is a uh, brought to you by a rotating cast of characters, including Mark Zomick, Daniel Gordon, and Jordan B. Gorfinkel. And again, my name is Mayor Furtick, and I thank you for spending some time on this Thursday afternoon with us on what is undoubtedly a, uh, a busy day, hopefully a good day for you. Um, we'll start today with... Uh, a, a special guest, Rabbi Baruch Bear Bender. He is the uh, founder and the head of Achiezer, which is a social service organization based in Farakaway, the Five Towns area. Rabbi Bender, welcome to the Stunt Show. Thank you for having me, Mayor. It's my pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. The reason uh, the reason I asked you to come on uh, relates to my day job when I'm uh, when I'm not sitting in a hot, cramped booth with no uh, with no air conditioning, bringing you. listeners the Stunt Show. Uh, my day job is uh, is as the chief communicator officer of the Orthodox Union. You and I had a, a very interesting phone call last Friday. Uh, now it's almost a week later, Thursday. And uh, what we did was we discussed uh, the situation in, of all places, Boulder, Colorado. Could you give us a thumbnail sketch of what happened there around the time of the Yom Tovim? Sure. And uh, I believe for some of the listeners, it may be completely news to them. And that is precisely because of what you said, that it really happened as uh, the Yom Tovim were hitting us. Um, in Boulder, Colorado, which is about an hour uh, north of uh, Denver, Colorado, which is the area in Colorado that we are most people, us New Yorkers, are familiar with, um, there was a devastating rain, storms, and floods, and followed by mudslides. Uh, again, just to reiterate, uh, usually when you hear the word mudslides, you think these are common occurrences in those areas. These are the worst types of mudslides that this area in Boulder, Colorado, has had in nearly a hundred years. Wow. From what we're being told. Um, so this is an area, just to give you the setting a little bit, unfortunately, so many of us are now familiar with floods and these kinds of terms. This is an area that um, 95, and this is according to the FEMA officials out in, in Boulder, 95% of the people living there don't have flood insurance. Oh, boy. Because they never felt that it was necessary to put that in place. And um, these mudslides and floods lasted for a couple of days and absolutely had devastating, devastating, you know, consequences where there were, I mean, it's, we just didn't know about it. The media coverage, both within and outside of the Jewish media and Jewish world, um, we were preoccupied with, uh, you know, Yom Taib and the High Olives, Yom Narayim, and then Sukkot, mm-hmm. and that's when this happened precisely. I mean, there are entire areas in that community, um, Longmont and, and Boulder, that were completely wiped out. I mean, uh, from what I understand, these mudslides have devastated some homes entirely, completely taken them down. These are pictures that we've seen from some wonderful Chabad rabbis down in Boulder. Right. Um, and there are a couple of areas, small areas, but areas that are entirely inaccessible until this date because entire roads and infrastructure have actually collapsed. Inaccessible still now? All this still time now, later. What we were told that recently as this week, there are several areas in the hardest hit locations that entire roads are in the midst of being prepared. And these families have not yet been able to even go back to their home. Oh they have not been safe to do so. And that's in a snapshot. Again, I'm not doing it justice. A little bit of the absolute calamity and crisis that is still very much currently taking place in Boulder, Colorado. Well, thank you for that. My guest is Rabbi Baruch Bear Bender. He is the founder and the, uh, I guess, the chief executive. Is that your title? 
Yeah, I got different things. I tried not to be too strict about that because they were really okay either way. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, founder, sometimes the president, sometimes the director. Okay. So I tell people I take out the garbage here. Right, exactly. Well, that's what happens when you found an organization. But uh, in any event, there by Baruch Bear Bender with Achiezer, a uh, social service organization in Farakaway, who uh, unfortunately has a lot of experience dealing with natural disasters. We'll get to that in a minute. But the point of all this, the point of discussing Boulder uh, in particular, is uh, that for four Jewish organizations that uh, are well-known to listeners for the most part are getting together in a very unusual, very unusual request uh, to help the people of Boulder. Could you tell us about that? Absolutely. Um, you know, we are, we in, you know, not just New York, but we here in our areas, we're lucky that we have, you know, from organizations, Jewish organizations in place that really, you know, rally together. Um, after Hurricane Sandy, we'll go there for a moment. Mm-hmm. It was particularly these organizations, and I'll elaborate. Uh, that is the one I'm, you know, lucky to be a part of, which is Achiezer, Achiezer Community Resource Center out in the Rockways and Long Island, um, the Agudas Israel of America, and then we have the National Council of Young Israel, and of course the organization you were part of, the OU, um, which have, in a very unique way, have somehow connected and been working together and speaking together and communicating, you know, weekly and almost daily to try to figure out what we can collectively bring all of our strengths and all of the organizational capabilities that we have with these four organizations to see what kind of support we can leverage to give to those communities out there that simply don't have that kind of infrastructure in place. Um, It's a unique effort. Between these four organizations, you know, for Achiezer, Agudis Israel, the OU, National Council of Young Israel, um, and it's a unique time, it's a unique need. I mean, uh, correcting what I said earlier, there was somebody quoted uh, a government official who says that a flood like this hadn't happened in a thousand years in Boulder, Colorado. I mean, these are extreme terms, and these people have been devastated, and they desperately need funds. The spotlight, whatever spotlight there was, is gone. Because, you know, news passes, that's the way the cycle of the media works, the cycle of the way. Correct. Who creates the world? And we, you know, we move forward. But these people have been devastated. They haven't been able to move back home. They're living in shelters, they're living in shuls. They're trying to rebuild. And any help that we can give them collectively, and any help that these four organizations together can try to muster together on behalf of these people in Boulder, I can personally tell you, um, from the organizations that have been in direct touch with the Rabbanim and the community leaders down in Colorado, the need is real and it's legitimate, and they literally will take anything that they can get. We're speaking mostly in terms of financial support that will allow them at least to do basic repairs to make their homes livable. So, um, so let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about, I guess, managing expectations, maybe the best way to put it. And let's also, in a moment, tell people how they can contribute. Um, I'll probably, I could do that. Yeah, that but, your piece to give yeah. the uh, specific <laughs> So directions. let's talk about expectations. If there, are, if there are families that were completely wiped out, first of all, how many of those are there? Do we know? Uh, the numbers that we're looking at, I cannot tell you completely wiped out, but we've certainly been in touch with, you know, community leaders who are representing, you know, I would say at least 250 to 300 families that have sustained major damage. And I would say we're talking about approximately between 40 and 60 homes which have been entirely wiped out. It's gone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of the pictures you've seen, Mayor, mm-hmm. I mean, they're unbelievable. Houses have been cut in half. Right. I, I, I don't want to misquote, but, um, you know, there's two rabbis, but there were three people we've been dealing with there. You know, there was the Shiner family, and then particularly Rabbi Wilhelm and Rabbi Bornstein, tremendous leaders on the ground. 
Um, and one of them, you know, their home was literally cut in half. I get much of it. They born to Rabbi Wilhelm. You'll forgive me. Right. Um, literally cut in half in the entire home and just floated away. I mean, some of these floods were devastating. But I think the critical question you asked, Mayor, was in terms of expectations. I don't think that it's you know, we can be expected or it is realistic that we can go ahead and rebuild all of those homes in its entirety or, in a, you know, in any sort of way like that. What we can do, what is realistic, is to at least, again, just to put it down in plain English, right. get these families several thousand dollars that will allow them basic repairs, mold remediation. Mold sets in terribly. We've learned that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Right. New hot water heaters, new boilers, and the time is now. Winter is coming. You know, I have relatives that live in Denver, Colorado. My brother married a family from there. And they have, they have snowstorms very soon and routinely of up to a foot of snow and more commonly. And if these people don't have basic, basic repairs for a hot water heater, boiler, sheetrock, and remove that mold, whatever was salvaged until now really has no hope of being repaired if we don't move quickly. Right. I'll read a quote. There's a joint press release going out from the OU and Aguda and National Council of Living Israel and, of course, the uh, Achiezer Community Resource Center. And in that quote, in that release, rather, uh, there is a uh, the fact that a group of teenage boys from New Jersey NCSY is now returning from the Boulder area after uh, performing relief work there. Rabbi Rael Blumenthal, who led the NCSY group, wrote on Sunday, I'll read this quote to you, it's pretty remarkable, Our work site is a small house that has already been gutted to the extent that it's only a shell. Our job was to remove mud from under the floor beams, he said there is no floor, in order to recreate the crawl space that's needed to install new plumbing and electricity. The boys did an excellent job, and bucket after bucket of mud and debris was wheeled out onto the side of the road for collection. And he added, while the boys were working, getting back to what you were just saying, Rabbi Bender, it rained and then it snowed. Winter comes early to the Rockies. You know, I think, like you said, it just underscores the, you know, the quality, the, you know, the, the, the magnitude and, and the, the time sensitivity here. If I could throw one other point, Mayor, mm-hmm. because of that, you know, that, 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 that quote you just mentioned with those boys who are doing tremendous work there. If you think about the words you just said about bucket by bucket, schlepping out the garbage there and, and the mud and the, all the, everything, all the, all the, all the debris, these floods probably happened six weeks ago at this point. You know, and we're talking about these kind of operations still happening now. Mm-hmm. We were luckier in New York, I would say, yeah, luckier, is that we had those hundreds and hundreds of volunteers from organizations like yourselves, from groups like NCSY, from groups like Achiezer, from the Agudis Israel Trips, and from Young Israel who coordinated these things, from YU, all these organizations that were out there doing this weeks earlier. They don't have that kind of support out there. and. The longer that these houses stay in this fashion, where they're still at that point of you know, taking bucket by bucket, mm-hmm. it's just those homes can't possibly survive. I'm not an architect. I'm not a mold expert. But unfortunately, Mayor, we've all learned a little more than we, would have, than we wish we would have during, the la- during last year's you know, terrible Sandy. And uh, these are the facts. And right. it's just like you said, we need to help these people. Winter is coming. I didn't know it was coming already. You look <laughs> about it, I thought it was almost here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's apparently it's upon them. Uh, so I'd like to talk about Sandy in just a moment. Let's just tell people if you let, let's tell people how this is going to work because people are probably wondering a little bit about the mechanics of this, sure. and there's no reason not to just lay it out on the table. Um, everybody brings their own expertise to these types of things. Um, 
the Orthodox Union has, uh, on many occasions, as, as have many organizations, uh, have on many occasions uh, conducted uh, relief uh, relief drives for these sorts of disasters. So we have a relief fund that's already set up for this, uh, a relief fund set up for, for disasters like this. Um, so we're going to ask people to go to the Orthodox Union website, ou.org, and there will be, you will see there, a, uh, a place to to click to to make a donation. That money will be dispersed based upon the direction and the professional guidance of Achiezer and Rabbi Bender in in consultation with uh, the rabbis in Boulder, whom whom we mentioned earlier, and perhaps some other people uh, who are directing where funds are most urgently needed or could do the most good at any given time as the funds come in. So that's that's basically the way this is going to work. Obviously, all this in consultation with Agudas Yisrael of America and the National Council of Young Israel. Absolutely. I think this all will be done in a joint effort. Any decision, like you said, no reason not to lay it all out, will be made very carefully. And once we gather the data from the respective leaders, we're going to try to, quite, quite frankly, divvy it up and try to make sure that these funds are allocated appropriately and directly to the families in need and as fairly as possible. And uh, it will be a collective process to make sure that it's done with proper oversight and to make sure it's done as efficiently as possible. Exactly. You're listening to The Stunt Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Mayor Furtig. You could hear The Stunt Show every Thursday at 2 o'clock on NachumSiegel.com. And uh, some weeks you'll hear me, some weeks you'll hear Jordan B. Gorfinkel, some weeks you'll hear Mark Zomick, some weeks you'll hear Daniel Gordon. But each week at 2 on Thursday, you'll hear the Stunt Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our guest is Rabbi Baruch Bender, president of the Achiezer Community Resource Center, which has been around since 2009 and uh, found, founded by Rabbi Bender. And uh, the official bio for the organization says that it was created at the behest of local rabbis and community leaders who saw a need... Uh, for a master organization which would remove the burden of crisis management from the shoulders of, of victims and, and just, just help people out in a crisis, essentially. Does that, does that basically sum it up? Yeah, I think it really sums up, you know, right in those few words. But the bottom line is that, you know, and I can say this from personal experience in my own life, several years back when I had my own medical crisis, not a secret, but when somebody experiences a crisis, no matter what kind of crisis that crisis may be, you know, be it medical, be it emotional or other, they need to know that there is somebody somewhere within the community that they could reach out to at any time to stretch out their hand and say, help, this is my crisis. Sometimes it's extremely confidential, perhaps they need to be watched out for. And that's what we're all about, that when somebody has a crisis within the community, they are not alone. And our job is going to be, I don't call it a job, our luck is a chus is that we can take these people by the hand and direct them to the proper help. Sometimes it may be another partnering organization. Sometimes it may be a service right here within our offices, but it's the fact that somebody's always going to be there when somebody experiences a crisis. And even if it's 1 o'clock in the morning, there's a phone number you can call. Stick out help. I need help. That's what Achiev is all about. That's the name, what it means literally. And that's all that, all that goes on there, just to help people. What is that phone number? It's 516-791-4444. Mm-hmm. Again, 791-4444. And it's actually monitored by a staff 24 hours a day, a little bit of a different kind of... Uh, model for a social service type organization and that is because many of the services are you know sometimes medical hospital or mental health related obviously emergencies can be associated with these types of um, call types right and we want people to feel comfortable even on a sunday afternoon or on a month of shabbos or God on a friday night um if there's a medical situation that needs to be dealt with um we can be there to assist 
That's fantastic. Is it is is your are your services limited to people in the Farakaway Five Towns area, or do you uh, cast your net further afield? Well, originally we were created as a community-based model where the Farakley Five Towns and surrounding areas, such as, just so the listeners understand, when I say surrounding, Atlantic Beach, Long Beach, and other, you know, Bell Harbor and, and things like that can be there. Um, with, you know, the organizations you know, getting older, we're still in our infancy, I would say, um, the word has gotten out, and so we're, we're definitely fielding each week, just to give you exact numbers, mm-hmm. about between 120 or 130 calls from outside the area. We do our best to help everyone. Sometimes they come from extremely far, and sometimes it could be New Jersey. Um, We do the best that we can. Yes, we're here. We were primarily created to serve the Frockway Five Towns community, but the executive board, which regularly meets, has recognized at this point that it's gone beyond that. And as long as we're able to keep up and be able to answer the phones and get back to people in a timely fashion, we'll continue to allow ourselves to grow to be there for whoever calls, be it in the Frockway Five Towns, be it in Brooklyn, or be it in Pennsylvania. Wow. What what was it in your background that said to you, this is something that I can do? Um, I guess part of it was my experience um, as a Hatzalah member to a certain degree. I'm very thankful to the Hatzalah leadership for giving me that opportunity as a Hatzalah member. And, uh, you know, part of the time was that our job as a Hatzalah member was to get people to the hospital. And I always wished that after we got them to the hospital, that there would be a support system in place after that. Right. Hatzalah's job is and needs to be life-saving. When someone has that medical emergency, someone got it as a heart attack, you call, we get you to the hospital really quick. Um, and I think it really started medically based because of that. We wanted to be able to help people after that point. They are in the hospital. Now they need help. They need insurance. They need a different doctor or a different hospital. Their family is, is caving under the pressure. There needs to be a support system in place for all of those eventualities. Um, and I'm not embarrassed to say I myself seven or eight years ago had my own personal medical crisis, whatever that was, and I was in the hospital system. And, again, we're talking medical for a moment, but that's really how it started. Right. And in that hospital system, it is frightening. And it is not a story time, but this is my own personal life. It is, it is overwhelming and it is scary. And to be able to know that you can pick up the phone or a spouse of yours can pick up the phone with one phone number and say, help, and somebody will walk you through everything that may come up, A to Z. You know, when someone is in a crisis, and this is not limited to medical, this will answer your question more of a rural mayor. Right. I'm sure you can understand when someone is in a crisis, the last thing that they need, or the thing that's not even possible is to be told, call the following seven places, <laughs> call this guy, that's call right. that you'll try. You're just not in that mental capacity to do so. You need to be able to lean on somebody. And I, we're that somebody for many people who are experiencing different kinds of crises. That's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I, just just so people have a little bit of background, I mean, I guess there's there's uh, no harm in pointing out to people that uh, this sort of runs in your family, building these organizations. Absolutely. I, uh, yeah. Whenever anybody gives me a compliment, I say, direct it to my father. It keeps me humble. But your father, but, uh, I'll, I'll just explain to our listeners. Please don't. Please don't. Uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Yaakov Bender uh, is the uh, Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshiva Darche Torah in Farakaway, but uh, in other capacities, he is the person who... Uh, Close to 35 years ago, built Hatzalah of Flatbush, and uh, more recently built Hatzalah of the Five Towns in Farakaway. I mean, built from scratch. So uh, you know this 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 thing that's there now that's just you know just a phone call away. Somebody had to build that, and he did that with Absolutely, you know with yeah, others yeah. obviously, but uh, but he did that. Certainly, so uh, yeah, yeah. He was a person. I, again, I, I'm, I'm still in awe to this moment. Of uh, I uncovered. I think you'll appreciate this, Mary. You know my father. You know the family a little bit. 
I uncovered several years ago an old box of files. I should have asked my father permission before I went through it. <laughs> he knows now. Right. And I found there, and it was quite literally from the ground up. He took he took a typewriter out, and he typed out a letter. You know, dear community in the Farakway Fire Towns, there's something called Hatzalah. We need to be there for our own. The local it takes too long, whatever it was. He explained right. it, and he typed up a letter. He distributed it to a few rabbis, a few shuls, and, and now we're talking about, you know, a Rockaway NASA hotel division that sometimes seals up to 20 call, separate calls a day. Right. And, and, uh, and just so, expand yeah. it to West Hempstead. Hey, West Hempstead as well now, uh, almost daily. I hear the radio go off. Right. And like I said, the volunteers of Hotzella, I know we're speaking about our organizations now. Um, it's amazing. I know there's not about Hotzella here, but the Hotzella volunteers, the way these guys, I, I see them, I work with them. These guys have all types of very real jobs and real occupations, and every single day, day in, day out, you know, last week, Friday night, there was a call in the middle of the meal, mm-hmm. and yes, yeah, so right on my block, and I saw three volunteers, all have families, all waited for this moment, the patient needed to go to a certain hospital, wasn't so close, Right. they got on the ambulance, and off they went, and there went there Friday night. Right. So, definitely, like you said, it went from a little thought of several people, going back to Herschel Weber, obviously, in right. Williamsburg. And uh, look where they are today. We definitely take it for granted. Well, the Mirza Hashem uh, Achiezer Community Resource Center will uh, will grow, uh, you know, in an in appropriate and timely fashion exactly in that way. Well, uh, I'll end off and tell you that as crazy as this may sound, I mm-hmm. don't disagree. Growth is good and should be, but the biggest bracha, you know, I'll ever ask anybody to give, and I mean this wholeheartedly, I say, don't worry about me, I'll find something to do, <laughs> is that we should get to a day when none of these services are actually needed. That's right. I'll, I'll find work. We'll be okay. That's exactly <laughs> but, right. Uh, like I said, none of these collaborations, many of these four organizations, or any, or any types of chesed organizations, should, should, you know, we should merit those days soon, and we don't need these services anymore. That's right. Do you have a few more minutes for us? Sure, go ahead. Go All ahead. right. So uh, I'll just I'll just remind people, you're listening to The Stunt Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Furtick. My guest is Rabbi Baruch Bear Bender, the president of the Achiezer Community Resource Center. And uh, we started the conversation by talking about a joint effort between Achiezer and the Orthodox Union, of which I'm the chief communications officer, as well as Agudas Yisrael of America and the National Council of Young Israel. And these four organizations, if you're just joining us, are uh, gathering together to uh, pool their efforts to raise uh, some much-needed disaster relief funds for the uh, community of Boulder, Colorado, which suffered devastating floods and mudslides uh, over uh, the Yamam Narayim and into into uh, just before Sukkot. And uh, really, frankly, because of the timing within the Jewish community anyway, a lot of people, for a lot of people, this passed unnoticed. And there is a tremendous amount of need, which has thous far gone unmet. So we're asking people to go to OU.org, OU.org. And uh, if if you uh, feel that you can, please give what you can. And uh, with the help of Achiezer and with the help of Agudas Yisrael of America and the National Council of Young Israel, we will funnel all of that money directly to people who need it. Uh, so that's a very important thing. Uh, Rabbi Bender, before we go, um, next Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, next Tuesday, you will be on JM and the AM with Nachum Siegel. It will be a special edition of JM and the AM from, I believe, your offices? Yes, from our offices. Um our chairman of the board is a wonderful fellow. I won't give him a whole hesped now because he probably will shoot me legitimately. <laughs> His name is uh, Shuli Wallman. Beloved man is involved in probably every Debra Shebekadusha in the community. And uh, Shuli is very good friends with Nachum Siegel, and they came up with this idea, and they didn't really give me a choice. <laughs> and to make sure the conference room in the office is available on the 29th because we want to live uh, air a special edition of JM and the AM, uh, which is going to be next Tuesday, the 29th, which is actually the one-year anniversary of Hurricane Sandy. That's what I was um, going to say. In a moment that nobody in this community, whether you were directly affected or not, um, can ever, ever, ever forget.
What uh, many people credit Achiezer. I have heard somebody say somebody who, by the way, was not just a bystander reading, you know, reading the news on the internet. Somebody who was neck deep, so to speak, in relief efforts on, on his own and, and and knowledgeable. He said to me that it's it's possible that without the efforts of Achiezer, the Five Towns would not have gotten back on its feet. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to answer that. You know, I'm definitely humbled by such warm and, and special words. Um, listen, I definitely consider myself personally and my family and the dedicated staff here to have been uniquely put in a very special position, not a position we ever dreamed we would have been in. You know, like I said earlier, a lot of what we did was, before Sandy, that is, was to put together different scenarios and different kinds of infrastructure for a crisis. Um, this was the crisis of all crises that we weren't expecting. And, um, you know, someone called it, you know, the refuel before the maca. You know, it's mm-hmm. difficult to say. But um, I definitely a lot of that existing infrastructure, and I say this as humbly as I can, I'd rather have it come from others, you know, or not. Right. Right. I never think we're worthy of such special words. But um, it was put us in a unique position, in a very unified position, both within the Farakway Five Towns and surrounding areas, as well as across the entire country. You know, um, Rabbi Kalish from Agudis Yisrael, from mm-hmm. one of those four organizations, was extremely involved in the fundraising efforts that um, were spearheaded out of the Achiezer offices. And um, both in, obviously, in, in this, nothing is small, but in, in, in the hundreds of volunteers that cleaned out homes and, and rebuilt people, and then the partners from, from, from Nivna, and all the different facets that were created really were unbelievable, the efforts. But obviously, I don't want to call it the centerpiece, but we just spoke about Boulder. You can't rebuild without funds. Right. And um, the fundraising effort that came out of this community and both many of the organizations, but the way that people from Mexico, i got to tell you, Mayor, yeah. reached out to Achiezer wow. and said, we want to help 10 families. And so I figured, you know, what do 10 families mean? Okay, here's five, six, seven, ten thousand dollars rebuild their homes, do this. People from California, people from Cleveland, people from Muncie, Detroit, Chicago, Passaic, I mean Brooklyn, just converged on the offices here. They they saw us as this kind of center. Wow. It's obviously tremendously out of Tishmaya. And still till today people are walking in here offering to help. There's still staff here trying to help. And yeah, like I said, we never dreamed that we would be tasked with such a job. But uh, again, I, we were thankfully positioned in a decent in a decent time, that and a decent location that allowed us to do what we needed to do. Uh, are we, is the work done? It definitely isn't. And if that's one message I'll give you. Yes, Achiez was able to help a lot of people, but you know, there are some people first crawling forward now because you know to take is so so difficult, right. even when so many others are taking, and they've waited and waited, and the insurance companies promise we're going to give this and that, and then they come back and they're not getting what they're told and. Um, um, they're coming. They're saying help. They have to. But definitely, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm humbled by the way the the community and the communities at large across the country embraced, you know, Achiezer's role and Achiezer's request for help in all sorts of fashion. I don't only mean funds, Mayor. The amount of clothing, the amount of uh, time, the amount of food, and 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 just on and on. What people gave so selflessly of themselves to people they had never met was just something that we will never, ever, ever forget. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. All right. Well, Amir Tzashem, it will never happen again. But I, I will definitely just, on board with that. I will point out that what you said to me at the beginning of this particular segment, talking about Sandy, was that what allowed you, what allowed Achiezer to respond so definitively, so, so confidently, so quickly, was advanced preparation. You said you had a disaster plan in place for an unspecified disaster? 
We did. Um, some wow. people thought Some people thought we were out of our minds. Nope. And uh, some people, you know, why would you do that? Why are you so proactive? But we put in certain disaster plans long before Sandy came along. We put in certain evacuation plans specifically geared towards the the elderly in our community and those who are unable to care for themselves but living in different homes. Right. And we compiled those lists before Sandy came. Um, just, just, just in case, we had compiled an emergency communications list of a way that we'd be able to reach out to as many people as possible with certain emails and contacts that we would never have used with anything else. Right. And we had it all in place. You know, part of it was because of Irene, where we dodged a bullet and it really didn't make a blip on the map. Right. But, um, yeah, we put that in place and we had a certain kind of crisis call center in place with extra emergency phones. And some people, yeah, thought, thought we were out of our minds a little bit. <laughs> but boy, can I tell you, every bit of it, you know, every dollar it costs and every, every time, every minute that, of effort that went into it paid off, you know, a million times over. I am really almost speechless. That is, I I know very well just how much work must have gone into that. And uh, definitely, listen. There were. I, I'll never forget. Maybe this will highlight the, this last segment of our discussion that we're discussing now. You know, about two weeks before Sandy hit, mm -hmm. I'll never forget. It was the week of October 11th. I remember exactly what it was. Literally two weeks before. Right. And somebody uh, had called and and had asked me if we can, you know, further our work on some sort of disaster and crisis plan. And I had committed to him that we would in several weeks, and little did we know what was around the corner. And I, again, it is not meant in a critical way. I don't blame them. And the few people that had heard or that we presented it to, they weren't mocking, but they just they, they didn't see the need for it because we just never faced something like this. Um, and now the, the calls and, 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 the, and the demand for action by so many that we need to put every and any possible plan mm -hmm. we can in place is all there. But uh, there is no question, absolutely, I could, you know, answer you that a little bit of the reason why we had such the opposition and being able to rally so much support for the community was because of the infrastructure that was put into place beforehand. And like I said, I never dreamed it would have been used in the way it was, but we're very, very thankful to their Banish and to the community and to really the entire country for the way they supported the effort and really, like you said, allowed many, many people the chance to survive and rebuild their lives and homes, which, no, I don't think would have been possible otherwise. Wow. Uh, just, just wow. Fantastic. Thank you. Rabbi Baruch Bear Bender is the president of the Achiezer, the president and the founder of the Achiezer Community Resource Center in Farakaway in the Five Towns. And just an amazing story. And if you want to hear more about it, be sure to tune into JM the AM next Tuesday, the 29th. Tuesday, the 29th from 6 to 9 a.m., where Nahum Siegel and JM the AM will be live from Farakaway, from the Achiezer offices there. And uh, I'm sure you'll be hearing more about that on JM and the AM in the coming days, uh, over uh, well t tomorrow, Friday, as well as uh, as well as on Monday, uh, preparing people for that special program on Tuesday the 29th. So we hope you'll join in and listen on uh, on NachumSiegel.com, on JMandTheAM.org, on 91.1 FM, on 90.1 in the Catskills, and at 91.9 FM in the Rockland County area. So uh, all those different ways to listen in. Of course, the app online, as we said, and uh, be sure to not miss that program, uh, JM and the AM live from Achiezer in Farakaway on Tuesday the 29th. Everybody, Baruch Bear Bender, thank you for joining us here on The Stunt Show. Thank you.
you, Mayor. Thank you for uh, for having me there today, and I want to thank you again publicly and the OU for really, you know, helping push this initiative along. And uh, I hope ultimately that uh, we can try to make a little bit of a dent and help those uh, our fellow youth in suffering out there in Colorado. And uh, we shall be on the such radio shows for happy occasions in the future. I think we could all agree that Amen, and I think we could all agree that we're all privileged to be able to do it. And if you'd like to, uh, you the listener would like to join in and help out, you can go to ou.org for information as to how you can uh, kick in some money. Thank you so much, Mayor. Thank you. You're listening to the Stunt Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's continue with Micha Mocha. This is Aryeh Kunstler on NachumSiegel.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Arye Kunzler on the Stunt Show. You're listening to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thanks so much for tuning in. Good afternoon, everybody. Every Thursday at 2, you can hear the Stunt Show. My name is Mayor Furtick. I'm one of uh, a rotating cast of characters, and I do mean characters, who bring you the Stunt Show every week. They are Jordan B. Gorfinkel, Mark Zamek, and Daniel Gordon. And uh, you can uh, you can hear one of us any given week at 2, Thursday at 2, on the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's continue. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the program Scott Shulman. He's the program director of Israel Free Spirit, which is the uh, Orthodox Union's uh, birthright program. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mayor. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Thanks. Um, we are looking at about a week now. Uh, until registration closes for the next uh, the next batch of birthright trips operated by the uh, by the Orthodox Union, uh, I could hear people out there saying birth birthright or Orthodox Union. I don't understand. I'm confused. Could you explain? A hundred percent. It's actually it's been a misnomer, but we the OU have been involved with the birthright family, the birth, birthright Tagli birthright Israel umbrella since the very very beginning mm-hmm. in 1999, and actually over the past. Four or five years, we've become much, much bigger, a very, very big player in the Birthright Israel family, and now we're like actually number four out of 15 organizers in, really? terms, of, in terms of size. So yes. there, are, there are three or four people listening who have never heard of Birthright. What is it? Ah, so the quick, the quick pitch about Birthright, it is a, uh, a, tr- a trio um, consisting of wealthy philanthropists within the Jewish community, primarily uh, Jewish federations and mm-hmm. the state of Israel itself that are contributing to make this incredible gift of a free 10-day trip to Israel, pretty much no no real strings attached. Everything is included to Israel, you know, no matter what background you're from, warm, welcoming environment, and we are so grateful the OU is part of that family. That's fantastic. So the, the, the catch, the, the, the catch, it's not really a catch, is that you have to have, If I cor- correct me if I'm wrong, you have to have not previously been in Israel on an organized type of trip. Like if you went to a family simpler or something as a kid, that was okay. And then there are age limits, right? Pretty much, yeah. You can never have been on Israel on a pure organized program. That's the official wording. Mm-hmm. As you said, a, f- a family trip is fine. A family simcha would be fine. But if you're studying it for a year in Israel, you did right. some kind of a summer program, even March of the Living, up until 22, that wouldn't be okay. But if the, the key word is a uh, pre-organized program. So who, who's the guy or who is the girl who should be quickly going online and finding out about this to see if they're eligible because they're about to age out? Ah, so, and the ages are for uh, 18 to 26 and post-high school. So even if you are talking about summer coming out of high school for this upcoming year, you actually be eligible to go for the next round. Even if you're not 18 yet. Right, because you'll be turning 18 at whatever point in the summer, you would be eligible at that point as soon as you uh, are turning 18 for the summer trips. Okay. Right now we're talking about winter, but uh, just to already give everyone the full cycle, it's always a one big circle of birthright, season to season. So that's how it works. You have to be 18 and out of high school, and then 18 and 26. So you said that uh, the Orthodox Union is num- number four in the number in in the hierarchy yes. of of birthright providers, organizations that work with birthright. Exactly. And that's calculated based on how many trips you run. Trips, applicants uh, of the applicants, those who are you know being very very serious, who actually become who are confirmed as eligible and complete, but mm-hmm. putting down a refundable deposit. Just little nuances in terms of what makes up what really makes up that number. But uh, but yeah, put all all, all things be, all all things being put together, we are currently listed as number four. And right. We've been in that upper tier now for probably the past couple of years right. at least. And I happen to know, no shock, that uh, <laughs> the Orthodox Union and and uh, and uh, Israel Free Spirit, which is the name of our uh, 
birthright exactly. organization, uh, recently was honored by the National Birthright Organization. Yes, as a matter of fact, I believe, uh, Mayor Fertig, you and your team uh, helped cover and do a PR release. Yes, so this past uh, August is when it was officially given out, and then we've sort of been, we, we were waiting to kind of make a little more publicity about it, but we were awarded a certificate of excellence by birthright. Really, it's acknowledging that over the past couple of years, We've just become far and away. We've been improving from every category. They have a lot of different things that they evaluate on, and we are, I think, either one, two, like at, at lowest three out of like 15 different organizers. And mm-hmm. just overall, in terms of the programmatics, etc., we are currently listed as the number one organizer. How many trips does uh, how many birthright trips does the OU run each year? So last year, including winter and summer, we had a total of 48 trips. That's 48 did. buses. Is Four, that how that's exactly. calculated? Exactly. Trips and buses are interchangeable because every trip constitute a bus when it mm-hmm. actually is in Israel. And you do the math; it's like approximately 40 people that's on every bus. You're looking at almost 2,000 people wow. in one year alone that the OU is directly involved with, uh, with sending on a birthright so that's trip. Just the OU birthright trip. So it gives you an insight into the magnitude of the birthright organization exactly. writ large. Exactly. Birthright, uh, national, international, because really I think they operate in, I think it's 59 countries, I don't know, 59 or 69 countries. I think you're talking right now, they're in like the mid-40s, 40, 44, 45,000 a year right now. Incredible. It's pretty, pretty crazy. That's incredible. And, and how do they measure success? How do you, what's your metric for success? If somebody's gone, obviously we want people to go and have the experience, but beyond that, what's the next step? And I know there's a there's a statistic about people who extend their trip beyond the ten days. Exactly. Is that that's something that you use to actually measure the uh, the success of your program? One hundred percent. I mean, there's a bunch of different metrics metrics we spoke about a little bit before in terms of what's happening on the ten day trip itself, and mm-hmm. that is the most directly thing involving birthright. But you know, we at the OU are we're looking at much more than this just being a ten day trip where the person gets to go on a birthright program and we get to be a partner for it. We're looking at this as a real investment to you know connect in one way, shape, or form. You know, whoever you are, whatever your background, to try to you know make Israel as meaningful as possible, and particularly you know for a lot of our trips, one of the goals is to uh, is to is to uh, is to really be trying to get you know get you to to take that next step besides just the ten day trip itself, and you know potentially going into some kind of educational program afterwards. And one of the other things that really we are focusing on, you know, especially for this upcoming winter, mm-hmm. we would like to be having, we also run a lot of different niche trips. So, for example, single gender trips have become very, very popular within the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the orthodox world for, right. you know, people, you know, who want an all-male or an all-female trip. Most birthright trips are co-ed. Exactly. Most birthright trips are co-ed, and especially also for, you know, even for the OU, most mm-hmm. of our trips are also co-ed and are, are really, you know, engaging people who are not necessarily of an orthodox background at all. But, you know, because we are also the OU, we take a lot of pride right. in also being able to provide for, call it the OU's bread and butter, but for people who are orthodox affiliated for either, you know, a, a co-ed orthodox trip, but also more, more importantly, a single gender uh, niche trip, you know, for males, all females. And as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. you know, for this winter, somewhat of a question mark is registration, as Mayor, as you mentioned, is still open about a week. Um, we are going to hopefully be surely having at least two all-girl trips, but there's a question one that we're going to be having an all-male trip. Right. And we're like at that key number, whether or not there's going to be enough to make it happen for probably at some point in the first two weeks of January would be the departure. Right. And for those listening, if they know somebody who'd be interested in an all-male trip, this would certainly be a perfect opportunity for them to uh, you know, spread the news. It takes about 10 minutes or so to apply. So as of today, Thursday, uh, the the clock is ticking and you're yes. about to make this decision. So if somebody wants to apply to go on one of these trips, where do they go? 
great question. So keep it very, very simple, again, because there's 15 different organizers, and it's just to keep it to uh, to the OU-based mm-hmm. organizers, so just www.israelfreespirit.com. And then right there on the homepage, there's a big yellow banner, registration open. You can just click right there as any page within our website, and then it just takes you through the process. And again, start to finish, it can be as little as 10 minutes or so. It's not, it's not too complicated. Wow. <clears throat> and these trips are going in January, you said? Yes. I mean, so, really, all December and right. January, and uh, right. depending on the trip you're looking for, that's... So I, I just want to clarify something, just just in case there's anybody who doesn't, you know, realize that this is obviously the case. All of the birthright trips that the OU runs, and this may be true for a whole birthright, I have no idea, but all of the birthright trips that the Orthodox Union operates, regardless of the background of the individuals participating in that particular trip, are Shomer Shabbos and kosher and, and, and fully halachically um, observant in terms of the operation of the trip that may not speak for the part for the participants themselves and that's a separate issue but uh, that's correct yeah it's a, it's a great point and that's actually one of the things that's made the we made our program very very special is that mm-hmm. we're trying to give them a very very authentic Jewish experience mm-hmm. and you know when you really are thinking about it what that means and a lot of people are, are looking to engage once they're once they're in Israel but mm-hmm. to try to give them like let them know what, like what Shabbos really feels like one of the one of those really really beautiful things about about uh, the OU trips so this has become a lot a lot, a lot harder to do with, with thank God the tourism continuously being so successful in Israel and sure. turning more birthright trips mm-hmm. but we always make a point for uh, for Shabbos for our groups to be there Friday night at the Kotel see it prime time to feel it experience it a lot of groups can't necessarily even be in, in Jerusalem let alone at the Kotel on a Friday night right. but we, that, that is one of the one of the, one of the main we're trying to make sure all of our programming is having that's very key very key. Our guest is Scott Shulman. He's the program director of Israel Free Spirit. That is the Orthodox Union's uh, contribution to the uh, universe of birthright providers. And uh, you can get information and to register for a trip, you have until age 26, generally speaking. Uh, IsraelFreeSpirit.com. There's a banner there to register. And registration for the uh, for the scheduled winter trips is closing next week. So uh, if you are somebody who has never been to Israel on an organized type of program and you are between the ages basically of 18 and 26 and you'd like to take advantage of this and this is really one of the most fantastically successful programs in the history of Jewish communal programming frankly uh, you uh, and I don't mean just the OU's contribution to it but I mean birthright in general uh, you if you want to participate in this or if you know somebody who might like to participate in it perhaps it's your son your daughter your niece your nephew grandchild um, you can you can give them this present, and it won't really cost you anything because it's all on birthright. Um, so send them to israelfreespirit.com, and uh, they will get in touch uh, through the wonders of the Internet uh, with the people at Israel Free Spirit at the Orthodox Union and possibly be uh, on their way to Israel for free come this winter. That's, that's fantastic. Um, we'll uh, talk a little bit more with Scott Schulman coming up. Let's uh, take a break. And this is Rhythm Messiahs from the Diaspora Yeshiva Band, one of the uh, featured groups and possibly the most exciting contribution to the upcoming Hass concert this January. Well, some people are sitting uh, in Israel, perhaps. I don't know when they're leaving exactly. Other people will be listening to Diaspora at the Hass concert. Here is the Diaspora Yeshiva Band. We'll get you higher. Get you through the door. Come to your rhythm, Messiahs. We're what you've been waiting for. Come 
You're listening to the Nachum Siegel Network. This is The Stunt Show. My name is Mayor Fertig. Thursdays at 2, you could hear The Stunt Show. Thank you so much for tuning in this Thursday at 2. That was Rhythm Messiahs from the Diaspora Yeshiva Band. They'll be on stage uh, at the Hass concert come January, one of the most incredible, shocker, surprise uh, headliners at the upcoming Hass concert, and that's fantastic. Anytime I hear Avram Rosenblum perform... Um, I, rem- I remember a, uh, a precursor to Kosher Fest, which is taking place next week. And uh, Avram Rosenblum, uh, I-, I was the, I was in my early 20s. I was the Porsche Lamazalo who had to introduce the musical acts on the stage. And uh, Avram Rosenblum was hired to, you know, to perform. And they were, I guess, too cheap to pay for a band. <laughs> so poor Avram gets up there with just his guitar. And he is such an amazing entertainer. You got to realize when he first got up there on stage holding his guitar, um, he he was facing a crowd of maybe thirty or forty people who were sort of sitting there with their arms folded across their chests, with grim looks on their face that might have been the result of indigestion from all the free food they'd been, you know, they'd been um, noshing on as they made their way around Pier 88. And in ten minutes, he had them eating out of his hand. Wow. He's such a phenomenal entertainer, Avram Rosenblum. So that was Rhythm Messiahs from the Diaspora Yeshiva Band on the Stunt Show. Our guest, we'll get back to uh, the topic at hand. Our guest is Scott Shulman, who's the program director of Israel Free Spirit, which is the OU's uh, con- contribution to the uh, Birthright Universe and ro- operates more than 40 trips a year. Almost 2,000 young people between 18 and 26 who get to see the state of Israel and their Jewish heritage, um, courtesy of the, uh, of the educators of the Orthodox Union and uh, NCSY alumni. Now, what is NCSY alumni? I should explain that. Um, and we should uh, we could talk just briefly about uh, how people who come off birthright can sort of stay connected, keep that keep that little uh, bit of inspiration going. Scott, what, what do we do for folks like that? So there's so many different things um, that, that, that is included, but one of the really, really exciting things that's actually just been coming up uh, the, the past, I think, couple of weeks, it's really very new, up and coming, is... Uh, it's all about the app, the app world nowadays, and we've created something called University, University Resources, where we were talking a little bit before about one of the ways to measure success. So we were talking about more than just a 10-day trip itself. Right. So for these people, when they're going back to you know their college campus, it's it's you know it's not Israel, it's not the amazing birthright experience anymore. So how do you you know keep that flame you know alive, so to speak? You know, we're all about you know Jews are all about having that that fire and that spark. And uh, one of these, this is one of the new upcoming ways we're really hoping to uh, keep people really involved is to be like letting them know what's going on on their campus. No matter you know you're out west, you're on the east coast, to know at any given campus these are the resources on your campus, and that's why they're calling it university. So I guess we could say that if we're looking for a way to keep people connected and, and keep that inspiration going, there's an app for that. In, indeed, there exactly. is. So With it's, the OU. it's called Junivers- University Resources, and uh, I believe it goes beyond the campuses, the 16 campuses that the OU has a, a presence on with its JLIC program with rabbinical couples. This is campuses around the country, exactly. even if there isn't necessarily an Orthodox presence on campus. Exactly. We're, 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 I guess wherever there's a Jew, and certainly an, an alumnus of an OU program, namely uh, NTSY and JSU. Right. You know, we are we are here for you. We're here trying to give you resources and keep you connected to the best of our ability. Right. And if you see and if you go on the app to university resources and you see things that aren't there that should be, get in touch. There's a way on the app to, of course, to uh, to get in touch with us. Exactly. And uh, and please do that. And we uh, we welcome 
we welcome that input. Um, I, my thanks to Scott Shulman, who is the program director of Israel Free Spirit. Uh, again, if you want to uh, get somebody uh, signed up, like yourself or somebody else, for a, uh, a free trip to Israel with Birthright this winter, go to IsraelFreeSpirit.com. You've got a week left to register, 18 to 26-year-olds only, please. And uh, it is a phenomenal program operated by Birthright, by uh, Birthright Israel, and uh, and by the Orthodox Union. Scott, thanks very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you're listening to The Stunt Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's close with something as we get closer to Hanukkah, one of my favorite songs, Judah Maccabee from Safam.
That was Safan with Judah Maccabee, and we're done. That's it for the Stunt Show for today. Thanks very much. Tune in every Thursday at 2 for the Stunt Show. My name is Mayor Ferdig. You're listening to the Nachum Siegel Network. Take care, everyone. Thank you.